0: Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hartcastle. We're in the middle of our series called Baggage, um, and today I want to talk with you. I want to thank Pastor Joe for sharing a great message last week with you guys. He did a wonderful job, and I appreciate him filling in for us so we could go and do that. Thank you so much. Um, We're in the middle of this series called Baggage where we're learning about what is baggage, what does it mean, what does it look like. Um, The sad reality is if I look around the room, every single one of you, the sad reality is every single one of us have baggage, uh, every single one of us have a symbol of baggage. When I speak of baggage, I'm speaking metaphorically about what baggage represents. What is baggage? What does that mean? Um, baggage are those things in life that you carry through. It's the hurts, the pains, uh, the things that you've gone through growing up with maybe your parents or your siblings. Uh, or maybe with friends and relationships in your past. Um, there's all of us have at, at some level, every single one of us, you can live in denial all you want, but every single one of us have baggage. Every single one of us has something that we're trying to deal with, many times the reason why we don't deal with it is because we have tucked the baggage back into a secret place, and we basically tell ourselves, because we're very strong-minded people, we say, don't touch it. Don't open the door. Don't look at that, because if you don't look at it, you don't have to deal with it. Well, I talked about our first week that anytime you go on a a trip, the first thing you got to do is you got to get your baggage out. And uh, up here on the stage, you see lots of different kinds of baggage because the first thing you got to do is you got to look at your baggage and you got to figure out what size baggage do I need for the trip I'm going on. How big will it need to be to carry all my clothing and all my supplies? How long am I gonna be going to be gone? What's the weather going to be like while I'm there? You start thinking through when you go on these trips. You start thinking through what's the baggage I need to take to go on this trip. So the first week I talked about the first step. For us, dealing with our baggage is recognizing that we have some. No matter how great or small, every single one of us have something from our past we're carrying around. You can live in denial, but one day you will have to face the fact that you have something in your past that you must deal with. It's why divorces are high. It's why it's why marriages fail. It is this baggage is why children are not at the complete whole place that they could be in life. It's why children act up. It's why p- adults act up because of something from their childhood that they never dealt with. This baggage is very powerful. It, it has powerful things in our life, and if it doesn't manifest itself, we don't deal with it. And I said this in our first week. If you don't deal with your baggage, what did I say? Your baggage will deal with with us. We'll deal with all of us. And it'll manifest itself through, through so many different ways. It'll manifest itself through your emotions. It'll manifest itself through how you treat people. It'll manifest itself through your physical your physical being, either uh, too thin, you, 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 just, you don't eat because of some unresolved baggage in the past, or maybe you overeat because of some unresolved baggage in the past. It'll come out in some way, shape, or form. Your baggage will deal with you if you don't deal with it. The sad part is in the Christian world, many of us don't ever deal with it because we think it's weak to deal with it. I will dare say people outside the church at times sometimes cope with their and deal with their baggage way better because they don't have a source they can go to in God. So they don't really deal with it the way that we do as church. See, what we do is oftentimes we just say, "Well, I'll let God deal with it," and God wants to deal with it, but we have to recognize it. So our first week was about recognizing. Second week, I talked about when we go on a trip. This is big around our house. Is this? I get a baggage, whatever the size baggage you is you you, you choose to have. Um, and 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 the goal is you have to maintain a certain weight. Nobody wants the overweight limit charge. I don't know about you. I don't. We weigh our bags three and four times just in case somehow air got in and air is heavy and it maybe it made it heavier. You know, we wear stuff. There's no such thing in the hard castle home as overweight baggage. But the fact is, all of us are carrying heavy bags around in the form of addictions. And I talked about our second week dealing with addictions in our life that Many times addictions come because we don't deal with our baggage and the addictions fill the void that that baggage is causing in our lives and it's very heavy on us. Addictions to all kinds. I named, you haven't heard it, go back a couple of weeks ago and listen to it. I named everything. So when we think about addictions, we think about alcohol and drugs and we think about smoking. We think about all these big ones. But I even talked about like, you know, how we handle food, how we handle relationships, how we handle um, our jobs, how we handle bosses, how we handle authority in our lives. It all comes from this baggage. So we have to learn how to handle the addictions in our life. Uh, today, I want to talk with you about one of the most crucial things when you're traveling on a trip. This is one that should be at the top of your list even before finding all the little bags you're going to stuff in. This is probably one of the most important bags that you need to take on your trip. And it's known as the toiletry bag. This is very important. This is important because it matters to everybody else how you smell on a trip. Right? So in a toiletry bag, you know, you have all the things that are going to help you uh, get along with people, hopefully, because you smell good. But they have things, you know, to deal with, like, you know, you got you have your toothpaste and you have your deodorant. You have, you know, your your soap you stole from the hotel room because it's free anyway. Um, you have that. There's more soap and more hand lotion. I got a lot of it in here. Um, you have all kinds of things in here. Uh this is a very important one, you know, you forget about on a trip, but you remember you're in a hotel room, you have poopery. You squirt that in the toilet, you know, before you go that way you're courteous to everybody else in your room or like me, I find the public restroom and I blow it up. So, um <laughs> it's it's got all the things that uh that you can use on your trip. I really do. That's first. That's number one on my list. I get told I find the public restroom. Where's it at? And lobby. I don't care about those people. I don't care about what they're eating breakfast and I let it go. It's okay. It's all right. The toiletry bag is one of the most important bags that you'll carry on this trip because the toiletry bag has all the intimate, the delicate, the things that will help you interact well with the people around you. But yet. In the toiletry bag, I don't know about you, but for me, it's one of my most stressful bags. Because I'm always worried I'm going to forget something. I'm glad that hotels have, you know, you forgot a toothbrush. But you take their toothbrush, it's like brushing with a rock. I mean, it's horrible. You know, you want your stuff, your toiletries for your trip. So today I want to talk with you about probably one of the most intimate issues that we're going to deal with when we travel on a trip. And the baggage of our lives. And that is this. I want to talk about how to unpack emotional baggage. Every single one of us in this room have emotional, intimate baggage that we carry with us. All of us have something that we're carrying from our past, from our current situation and What happens is sometimes so many times this emotional baggage affects ripple effects like our smell might ripple affects the people around us. So I want to talk with you today about how to unpack emotional baggage Um, before we get started. Let me give you three kinds of people. Maybe you're all of them. Maybe you're just one or two. But three kinds of people that uh, that have negative thoughts, see, because negative emotions come into all of our lives. And I want to talk about three kinds of negative emotions and kind of who they represent in our emotional baggage of life. The first one is this. Number one, the first one is the, the, the negative thought is you don't fit in. The thought is I don't fit in. I don't. And I would say this is the conformer. OK, the conformer. Uh, what happens is because they believe they don't fit in. They conform to become what the uh, community is or the influences around them. They kind of morph into somebody they're really not. But in order to survive, in order to cope, they conform to the to those that are around them. You know, they think you don't belong here. They have this idea that no one wants you, you don't fit in, you're a bit weird, you're a bit strange, you don't fit in. And so what do they do? They conform. They really don't have an identity of their own. They really don't know who they are. They conform to become what the environment deems right around them. This is the conformer. Uh, The person that I see in the Bible that struggled with this, his name is Saul. And this is what it says in 1 Samuel 15, 24. It says, uh, it says, "I have sinned. I have violated the Lord's command. Why did He violate? Because I was afraid what the people would do, and so I gave in to them." These are the people who conform to the community around them. My example for you in this is this: Growing up, I grew up in the day of Polo and Izod. Now, some of you don't even know what that is. IZOD was a big name brand that you had to have. And, you know, it had the little alligator on it. You know, alligator was for that. And the polo had the polo guy on it. And if you wore those, you looked really cool. I mean, you were cool. We were poor. Um, my famous boy, we never, I never had those. I think I had Knights of the Round Table. It looked like, a, it was a sword, but it looked like a guy on a polo horse. It is a sword. Knights of the Round Table or something like that. You know, I think I even heard, I think maybe somebody here, I heard somebody tell a story that one mom went to garage sales, bought socks, Izod socks, cut the alligator off, and slapped it on the, the polo shirts. Was that here? I don't want to. I don't 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 pull him out. Don't call him out. Don't call him out. Anyway, but here's the thing. What's interesting. Someone comes and says, your alligator's crooked. What's wrong with it? Why is it sideways? I don't know. Anyway, uh, I grew up in the day of Levi button up 501 jeans, man. You were cool. I was chubby. I couldn't fit in five o ones. Mine's were called Big Yanks 902s, you know, they were big. So I really didn't have a chance to conform, but many of us did. We kind of fit. And so how do you conform? People conform morally. They conform ethically. They compromise who they are in order to fit in with someone around them. Uh, your friends are, you know, you act like everything's good. You don't cuss around your home, but you get around your friends and you say every bad word there is. Because why? I conform. I morally sell myself out because I want to fit in. They're dirty jokes that are told around the, the water cooler at your work. You would never repeat otherwise. And yet you talk to them or you say them or you're a part of them. This is what I mean by I don't fit in so I can So the first kind of negative thing is you don't fit in. So because you don't fit in, you try to conform to that environment. Some of you sit here today, I won't have you raise your hand or have you You know who you are. You're a conformer. You conform to the world around you because you're so worried that they will not accept you. OK, so this is first negative thought that we're going to deal with about emotions today is the conformer. Second one is this. Uh, this person I'm going to call the performer. We have the conformer. Here's the performer. What is their saying? They're saying is no matter what, you're never going to be good enough. No matter what, you'll never rise up. You'll never accomplish anything. You'll never amount to anything. You've always been a loser. You're always going to be a loser. You're never going to equal a hill of beans because you're not good enough. You're not good enough. And I see this in the life of Mary and Martha. I'm not going to read the story, Jesus kind of tell you. There's a story about Jesus comes over to Mary and Martha's house and, and as they're going through the night, you have Mary sitting at the feet of, of Jesus learning and absorbing and soaking it all in. You got Martha busy, 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 doing, 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 perform, perform. Jesus is here, clean the house up, make the cookies, got to make sure everything's right, got to, got to make sure it's just perfect. And she works and works and works. And Jesus, by the end of the night, says, Hey, Sit down. She chose the better thing to sit down and listen to me. Take in where I'm at. But you are busy performing. And so many of us here today are performers. We have to perform the right role. We have to do the exact right thing. You don't feel like you're worthy or you're good enough. You don't feel like you amount to anything. So what do you do? You overperform to make your worth go up. Your value, you feel so devalued that you've tried to find value in what you do. And so you perform and you, you act out. You, you have to say the right thing and be the right thing and look the right part. You have to look just right and don't, don't mess up. Don't say the wrong thing in your workplace. You're the, you're the icon of a perfect employee, but inwardly you hate your boss because he's overbearing or she's overbearing. You perform at such a high level. You perform as a mother. You perform as a father because you have to look the part. You perform as a husband. You perform as a wife because you have to look the part. Because you feel so unworthy that you just got to find some worth and some value in your life. For me, it is definitely those areas. It is to be the perfect husband. It's to be the perfect father. It's to be uh, the perfect pastor. It's to fit all that. And yet at times in my life. When I get stuck in this, um, I feel unworthy, I feel unjustified, I feel like I don't bring much to the table. I have to realize that scale is always moving. I really can never hit the mark of what it means to be a perfect husband because the scale is always moving. Do you understand what I'm saying? Nobody really can define what it means to be a perfect husband. Nobody really can define what it means to be a perfect father. We have ideas in our head and we really only measure ourselves by the idea we have in our head. But no, somebody else's idea. Here's the deal. Let me think about this. Think about this. Someone who 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 comes from a non-existent father home didn't have a father in their life. What it means to be a good father is to be there. They don't really have to be like present just to be in the room. See the difference? But someone who has a father like myself, I had a father in my life. It wasn't just about being there. It was about being connected while I'm there. There's a big difference. And so in my life, I always have to remind myself it's a moving target. I'm just going to take each day as it comes and do the best I can. I don't want to be a performer. I want to be exactly who God created me to be. So we have conformers. We have performers. And here's the last one I want to talk to you about today. There is the clingers. Um, These people are you aren't worthy of acceptance, the clingers in life. The clingers are these people um, who feel rejected, feel outcasted, feel outed very quickly. And so they try to cling and hold on to everything they can. Uh, Where we see a lot of this take place is throughout scripture. We see that uh, so many times uh, there are times that we hold on to things that we shouldn't. We hold on to people that we shouldn't. We hold on to situations that we shouldn't because we're worried if we lose it, we'll lose our identity ourselves. John 4 John, I got to put my, sorry, my, my my contacts I lost, so I'm putting these on. I apologize, guys. Um, John 417 says it this way. You're right when you say you have no husband. This is Jesus talking to the woman, the, Sam, the Samaritan, who is down getting water, and Jesus comes across, and he talks with her, and he tells her her life story. He says, you're right when you say you do not have a husband. In fact, you've had five husbands. Um, the man you're with now is not even your husband. Now, why was Jesus saying this? Jesus wasn't saying this to call out her bad or call out her past or call out what she's done bad. He was saying this. He said he was saying, listen, no matter what, I want you to know your husbands don't determine your worth. The men in your life do not determine how valuable you are. What a great, great, great truth. Girls, the boy you date does not determine your worth. But let me tell you this. But they will destroy your worth. Ooh, that should have got a lot more than that. That was good right there. They don't tell you how much you're worth because God does. But let me tell you something. They will diminish your value if you stay with them. I meet some of the greatest girls in the world, and they date some of the biggest jerk balls I've ever seen in my life. I, I they, They are disrespectful. They're rude. They talk down, they're, they're, they're belligerent, and here's the thing, they're not just belligerent to her, they're belligerent to the adults. Girls, if you date a guy and he ever bashes on anybody, your mom, your dad, or your siblings in any way, you dump that, I don't want to say it, you dump him. <laughs> I just came back from New Jersey, I ought to watch it. dump that sucker, man. He's gone. I mean, some of the women, some of the most beautiful people that have so much value and so much worth, and yet they sell it for somebody that just treats them like trash and garbage. It's not the way it's supposed to be, girls. Guys, it's not the way it's supposed to be. How do you know you're with a clinger? How do you know you're a clinger? Let me tell you how you know you're a clinger. If you've had a restraining order ever put against you, you're a clinger. If you do the callback, what's the callback? The callback is this. You're on the phone with somebody, you had a great conversation, and everything's going, or worse is text. I hate the text thing. But all of a sudden you read into something. You hang up the phone, you know, you're, you're off the phone, and you go, hmm, they didn't seem right. I'm going to call them back and see if they're okay. You're a clinger. Is everything okay? You seemed a bit weird. Are we all are we good? Drop it. Don't be a clinger. You're not your value is not based on what they think about you. Your value is based on what God thinks about you. So, conformers, performers, and clingers. Every single one of us in this room probably can find ourselves somewhere in these particular definitions. So, real quick before we go, let me give you three truths to defeat these things to help you navigate and find how to unpack your emotional baggage. So the first thing is this: in Christ, here's first truth. In Christ, you need to understand that you are forgiven. Turn to your neighbor and say, "I'm forgiven." Turn your neighbor and say, "They didn't say it good enough." I am forgiven. I am forgiven. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, "If anyone is in Christ, that means in Christos, Kai." In Christ, uh, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. And what the new has come. You are forgiven. The old is done. The new has come. And we are forgiven. So many of us walk through life in this guilt In this condemnation that we have to continually ask God to forgive us for something that we did years ago, even days ago, even hours ago, once you have been forgiven, you are forgiven. You say, I feel unworthy. I feel I'm not good enough. I feel like I don't, I don't have, I don't deserve anything from God. Get out of your mutilated mentality that you think you did something to deserve. None of us have done anything to deserve the love of God. None of us. I have not done good enough. You have not done good enough. Not a single person here can be good enough to deserve the love of God. He just gives it. And because of that, we are forgiven. Ephesians one seven says it this way: We have the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Say it with me again. Say it with me. Say it with me again. In Christ, I am forgiven. Say it again. In Christ, I am forgiven. Second thought is this, second truth I want you to hear about today. In Christ you are secure. In Christ you are secure. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am secure. Some of you just lied right here in the church of God. Because you don't have security, you have insecurity. You feel so insecure, you feel so inadequate, you feel so much like you've missed the mark, but I want you to hear the truth. You can be secure. Second Corinthians says it this way. Now, it is God who makes us both, both, both us and you. He makes us stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, says set His seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guarantee what is to come. You are secure. You are secure, not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. You are not secure because of what you do. You are secure because of what Jesus already did. Good preaching, Pastor Kevin. I'll preach for myself today. It's not because of who I am. It's because of who, whose I am. I am a child of God, forgiven and made secure. It's like whenever I was in high school, I was the hall monitor. Man, what authority, what power I had with hall monitoring. Nobody could come past me unless they had a what? Hall, hall pass. And I made sure they had a hall pass. I guarded my hall as well. It was the best kept clean hall in the whole school. Had a hall pass. We have a hall pass today. And the hall pass that we have is found right here in God's word. This is our hall pass, and this says that I am secure, not because of what I have done, but because of what Christ has done for me, not because of who I am, but because of whose I am, not because of the decisions that I made, because of the decisions that he made by going all the way to the cross and never letting down. I am not secure in who Kevin is. I am secure in who Christ is. I'm not forgiven because of what I have done. I am forgiven because of what? He has done. Mm. So the first truth is we are in Christ. We are forgiven. In Christ we are secure. And the third one is this. The last one is this. In Christ I am free. I am free because of Christ. John eight thirty six says this way: If the Son has set you free, you are free. What? Say it with me: You are free. Indeed, that means guaranteed, absolutely, 100%. Indeed means you cannot change, you cannot alter, you cannot go back on it. You are free because of Christ. You are set free. You're free from your hurt. You're free from the negative words. You're free from your baggage of your past. You're free today because of addictions that have tried to once hold you. You're free. You're free from sin because you are forgiven. You are free. You are free. You are are What? You are free. We are free. A couple weeks ago I talked about this addictions that people have, and I talked about all kinds of addictions. We had a response time for people to to come and respond. And I and, and people came and they laid it. And the minute you left here, you probably got negative words. Some of you you get you get done with this message and you walk out of here and you feel so good, and then the minute you walk out of here, your kid will say something to you and just take it all out of you. Or you you come and you're like, I just got to stop yelling at my kids. And then they do something stupid. And then you got to get yelled at. You can't help it. They're stupid. They're kids. I'm looking at teens back there. I look at all of them. They're all dumb. Over here, too. Yeah, that row there. Oh, my gosh. That's good. That's good. You know why? I want to claim dumb at times. I want to claim stupid at times. Because I do dumb and stupid things. And I go, God was stupid. And he's like, yeah, I still love you. Still with you. I am free. I'm free from the baggage of my past. I am free from the things that try to hold me captive, the intimate things that try to keep me down. The world tries to tell you, the enemy tries to tell you, the emotional baggage says you're a failure. You're no good. You've never had it. You're worthless. You should never been born. You never measure up. You're heading down a dead end path. You're not worthy. On and on and on and on and on. The emotional baggage continues to taunt you. Continues to nag at you. But I'm here to tell you today, the truth is, you are forgiven. You are secure in Christ. In Christ, you are forgiven. In Christ, you are secure. And in Christ, you are free. The emotional baggage of our lives is probably one of the heaviest baggages to carry. Because we don't see it until it comes out in those moments when we don't want to see it the moments whenever we're in a fight with somebody or we're, we're hashing it out with our kids and we say something that shouldn't be said and we, we have something creep up inside of our heart that shouldn't be there that's emotional baggage we never dealt with I know individuals, fathers and mothers who seem to be just so patient and so easygoing, and then just like boom, blow up you know what that's called you haven't dealt with emotional baggage a little at a time and you explode outwardly agreeable inwardly resentful you get pushed around you get taken advantage of time and time and time again you will come to the end of your rope and you will let and your baggage will deal your baggage will show up your baggage will be there Bow your heads to me today. Father, help us today to deal with this emotional baggage that so many of us struggle with. God, I, I firmly believe there's not one person, not one single person in this place that can say that they have zero emotional baggage. Baggage from their father who hurt them growing up. Their mother who hurt them growing up. Baggage from relationships that have gone sour and gone south. Baggage from, emotional baggage from things that were said to them. Things that were done to them. Emotional baggage, God, that, that just sits in our closets. We never deal with it because we think we're okay. Oh, I got through the day, I'm okay. God, here and now, in this moment, in this time, in, the, in this place, would you, would you, God, reveal to us Those emotional baggage places. Those places that maybe we've never dealt with. Or maybe we've tried to deal with it and it just became overwhelming. We just stopped. Unresolved. Some here today are conformers and blend in with the crowd, some are performers. They just play the part. And others, God, they're clingers. They hold on to things that they should not hold on to. God, help us. Help us to recognize we are forgiven in Christ. And in Christ we are secure. And in Christ we are free. With your head bowed and eyes closed today, as I spoke this morning, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you feel this very, very drawing on my spirit today. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. There are areas that you have not dealt with, areas in your past, areas that you have not coped with, emotional things, things that people said to you that cut deep. And here's how you know. Somebody says it to you today, and it just stings. It stings. It cuts so bad. Maybe you're today you're here, and and you're struggling because the emotional baggage came from someone you highly respected. They hurt you. I want you to know today you can find healing. You can find complete and total freedom, but not through you, through Christ. So with your head bowed and eyes closed today, if you have that emotional baggage, I just want you to bow your heads. I want you to say, God, help me unpack this emotional baggage what my father did to me, what my mother did to me, what someone in my family did to me growing up. God, I need to just release that to you and ask you to heal me, ask you to change me, ask you, God, to bring about freedom. Help me to realize that I don't have to conform to be accepted. I don't have to perform to find my value. And I don't have to cling Know I'm worthy. I am valued by you. I am worthy by you. I am loved by you. So, Father, I pray today that you will touch those lives that maybe they're struggling. God, they're struggling with their own identity and who they are it's God, it's because they haven't dealt with the baggage of their past. May you help them from this day on start to unpack it, start to deal with it, start to unravel it, start to recognize it, even though it's painful to recognize, even though it's painful to deal with. God, you can be the healer of the emotional ties in our lives. And I pray that God will do that. For those who need strength today, give that to them. For those who need healing today, give that to them. Let them find wholeness in their emotional baggage, we pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for being our, our source. Thank you for being our hope. Thank you for healing us, we pray. In Jesus' name, bless that. Amen. You have been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa, with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. We thank you for tuning in and would like to encourage you to worship with us if you're in our area. Our Sunday morning service is at 10 a.m. And we have other activities throughout the week for the entire family. For more information, go to crossviewfellowship.com. Thanks again for listening to a ministry of Crossview Church.